Did you? Okay, we got it. I got it on my side, and it's recording. Give me Perfect. A, and I think you should be okay. Say one, two, three. One, two, three. You're coming in loud and clear. Excellent. Lovely. It's like you've done this before, Austin. I have. I have, but there's nothing <laughs> as bad as doing it, having a great chat, then realising you forgot to press the red button. Oh, don't talk to me. Don't talk. Oh, your computer's gone to sleep. That's the other one. Oh, or no. Do you know what? I really used to drive me crazy. I'd come down to make a call like this, and I'd open up Skype, and I'd be told it had to upgrade. Oh, and you're about five minutes before the call. I'd be even three minutes before the call, and yeah, I'd want 15 yeah. minutes to upgrade. Well, you'll not do that again. No. Nope. As my mother used to say, you should have had that done last night. Yes. Okay. Yep. Troubles premieres at the Toronto Irish Film Festival on Sunday, March 3rd at 3rd at 2 p.m. It's in the Irish Shorts program. And a troubled traditional Irish musician re-enters the fold after a long absence. An emotionally stunned friend wants to offer an apology. And when words fail them both, music is all they have to bring them together. It runs for 11 minutes, and Jonathan Harden is the director, and he's also an actor from Belfast. And you'll find out more about the Toronto Irish Film Festival at Toronto Irish, toirishfilmfest.com. But I have Jonathan here with me, and we're going to have a little bit of a chat about this. Jonathan, thanks a million for taking the time. Not a problem. I'm delighted that you've asked me to be on. First thing I have to confess is that Given that I saw that you were a Belfast director and the title of the <laughs> film was Troubles, my mind went yeah. where you know it went, and yeah, of, course uh, it of course it was in the wrong direction. Yeah, um, have you seen the film? Did you I saw the it? short. Ah, okay. So, so yeah, I mean, it's funny, it's travelled around a few festivals in Ireland as well, and there's nothing, uh, there's no better way to introduce yourself as a Nordy director than to be called Jonathan Harden and have a film called Troubles. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of a, a, it's a bit of a lie. It's not really the troubles you think it's going to be, but it kind of is about, about the conflict in the North as well. It's about the legacy of the conflict, I guess, um, in the way that the North has uh, some of the worst mental health statistics in the world, uh, and in Western Europe, definitely. Um, and I wanted to kind of explore that in a way that um, took into account some of the things that I'd learned over the years. For example, the fact that if you're a traditional musician in the north of Ireland, you're statistically most likely out of anyone in society to suffer from mental health issues. And that's uh, backed up by a ton of research. So the play is about a group of, of traditional musicians uh, in their 20s, that generation who, uh, in the UK at least, know they'll never own property, know that they'll probably never have the career that they went to university to study to do, and uh, find the only solace they can in traditional music. And... Um, and that's pretty much the film. It's it's uh, it's set in after hours lock-in, and it's about two friends kind of uh, trying to reconcile after a bit of a rift. And it's quite simple. There's a bit of singing, and uh, hopefully as well, there's some really good acting. So I'm very pleased with with the cast in particular and what they did. Jonathan, you've raised a whole load, a host of issues I know. there. Uh, which is fascinating because there's mental health, which is yep. certainly a topic that is talked about a lot more openly than had been. The association yeah. of health, mental health and music, and one would have assumed that musicians and those in the arts uh, have found an expression that was beneficial to their mental health. And mm -hmm. then the third issue being the inability of people uh, who 
are una- uh, that are unable to integrate into the workplace in what they had trained for and use that as then music as an expression. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that's really, I think, interesting is that generation in particular. I'm 39, and my sister-in-law is 30, and she's a traditional musician in Belfast. And there's a great trad music scene in Belfast. I think it's one of the best, if not the best, in Ireland. People travel from all over the island to come and live in Belfast because the trad scene is booming. But a lot of the gigs people get still pay in booze. So what they find is, if you're paying people in at a present, they feel like they have to take it because otherwise they're working for free. So what you find is people who are at risk of mental health issues getting drunk nearly every night of the week uh, and then not having any way out of that because they went to university to study law or maybe something in the arts or whatever. But whatever they've studied, they're still working minimum wage, zero contract jobs. And I know what you mean about finding expression through music and the film kind of explores a bit about that music still is that thing that people can get stuff out that they can't communicate through language or they're not willing to verbalise. But I think as well that, you know, there's some, it's all tied up in something else, which is um, if, if, if that's what you have, but the most you'll ever get is maybe 40 quid, you know, under the counter of an evening and a few pints. It's great when you're 19. That's the dream when you're 19. Mm-hmm. You get to the point when you're 30 and you think, I don't want to be doing this when I'm 40 or 50 or 60. And and you see friends who've maybe been a bit luckier in the workplace or in, in that kind of career path, get jobs, get promoted, buy houses, and do the things that most of that generation will never do. And that just kind of exacerbates any sense of anxiety or inferiority that, 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 that you're feeling. So um, I think from the outside, people who aren't in the creative industry sometimes think, oh, God, I'd love to be an actor. I'd love to be a musician or direct a film. But actually, the thing that makes it worse for people like that is, people like us, is that you're living hand to mouth. You don't know when the next paycheck is. And that, after a while, can become a bit of a grind when you're saying to your family, I can't go on that stag do because I can't afford it. Or I can't go on that family holiday because I can't actually make the payment. And I think that that context is where the film comes out of without getting into a big, you know, uh, spiel about, about, you know, was us. No one's holding a gun to a creative person's head and saying you have to do what it is you've chosen to do. That's not what I'm saying. But there are certain costs to that, which when you're 19, you don't necessarily anticipate. And certainly by your mid to late 20s, when reality starts to dawn and maybe that urge to settle down or maybe that urge to just make some regular money kicks in, that you may start to regret your decisions. So... That's the context, but the film is really just about is about friendship within that context and the things that test friendship and how particularly men struggle to communicate their feelings. Um, interesting on all those topics, because a few years ago I was in Belfast and just across the road from where Terry Hooley's plaque is on the wall, there's a yep. pub there that has great sessions in it. Yep. And uh, we were the in Duke there. Duke of York. Go on. The Duke of York, is that the pub? I can't remember. It was just, uh, uh, there's the plaque up on the wall from where Terry Hooley had the record store. Mm-hmm. And we were in there and there was a good session. It was, uh, And my brother-in-law is very involved in traditional music and he was able to walk in and be identified, even though he's from 
uh, County Waterford. He was immediately yeah, yeah. identified and the rapport was there. So I would have always kind of associated, being, from my experience of being around, around particularly Irish traditional music, that there's a fraternity which is supportive. Massive, yeah. But that's all very well on one level, but as you say, you have to put food on the table. So yeah. what then was it, what was the trigger that inspired you to say, I'm going to put something together on this, to be creative. Well, uh, like you know, they say, every great man, there's a great woman behind him. Uh, in my case, my wife's a writer, and uh, she's also an actor, and the first film I directed was a boxing film set in West Belfast uh, around the Clonard Boxing Club, which people might know because Michael Conlon uh, trained there um, and was heavily involved in that club. But I, I did a film there, which she wrote, and we had this idea why we were making that because we were doing a lot of going out of an evening and hanging around with the trad crowd. And we kind of started to sense that these issues were bubbling under the surface, that on the Facebook, while everybody seemed like they were having great crack the whole time, in actual fact, there was a kind of sense of, at some point, that student kind of style of life became untenable, that you couldn't, most people didn't want that to go beyond their 30s, and that in this case, in this generation, there was no real choice, there was no way out. And so for us, that was the kind of starting point of it. And we also felt like there was a really interesting world. I get fascinated by worlds. I love that boxing world in West Belfast, because boxing in Belfast, as I'm sure people know, is huge. Um, in fact, all the Irish Canadians I know in, in Burlington and uh, in Toronto, they're all mad boxers. They box, you know... Uh, for Canada, like just really into it, and I love that world. I love that most people don't know what it's like in those in those boxing clubs in in cities where there's not much money. And I felt the same about traditional music. I felt like of all the short films I've seen set in Ireland, I'm amazed how few, if any, show that world. That somehow it's become a preserve of Jameson ads and Guinness ads, and it's all very commercialised and glossy. And and just this kind of almost the kind of the kind of thing they expect in Boston that you know the third generation of people in Boston expect when they go back, but that there's a something there's something much darker at play, which is you say good night at the end of the night haven't had a great night with a load of musicians, and you go back off to your life and they go back off to theirs, and I think the starting point the interest for me was what is that life, and. And what are those people's concerns that we don't necessarily get when we're really enjoying, you know, uh, clapping our hands and 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 you hoeing along at a really good bit of music? What are the what are the stories going on between the musicians and the glances over a box or over a fiddle or whatever it is? And and that to me, I think that world uh, I find really interesting, particularly in Belfast in 2019 or 2018 when. There's still a kind of, a, as we're discovering with the whole Brexit thing, there's still a kind of a, a very gentle threat that even though it's gone a long time, that violence is really possible. That at some point, maybe somebody's going to get a tap on the shoulder or that the door's going to knock or that something might ruin the relative calm of the night. And so there's a whole lot of things going on in the film. It's only 13 minutes long. I'm talking about it like it's war and peace. But, you know, it's it's it, for me, that's, that's the interest is the world and the stories that you don't hear whenever you're just going in to enjoy a bit of music. So, Jonathan, given the perspective of the north of Ireland and how particular cultural experiences would be associated with traditionally one community or another, does mm-hmm. that come into play in something like this? 
kind of does. I mean, the really interesting thing about this film, I think from that perspective, is it's quite clearly, you would think on the surface of it, these are Catholic nationalists, if you want to boil it down to, you know, brass tacks of identity. But the really interesting thing about trap music in Belfast now is, and we try to reflect this a wee bit in the film, and it's quite difficult just in some ways, but there are, I know a Swedish traditional musician who lives in Ireland. Uh, one point we knew a Chinese traditional musician that had moved to, to Belfast to, to, to further his traditional music. And these are, this was an Asian guy who didn't have Irish parents, you know, and there's that thing of just Irish music huge around the world. And so while it can be boiled down to a very simple identity thing, identity politics, it's actually much broader than that because it's not 1978, it's 2018. And while the musicians might look the same and still wear iron jumpers, and you know, still have beards and wear flat caps, and like a roly, uh, like a you know, a roly cigarette. It, it, it's much more diverse than it used to be. And yes, there are unionist Protestant traditional musicians, shock horror. So it is. There, there, there is a that. It's bigger than that. And I think what I'm trying to play with in the film is that it's not what you expect. At the same time, the film ends in the Irish language. Um, so. I think that's an interesting transition is that the film very very clearly identifies um, itself or the characters identify themselves because not only do they find expression through music, but they find a way of expressing themselves more appropriately in Irish. And I think there's something in that as well that um, I think it, who was it, was it Brian Freel said that we're all, we'll always be struggling to express ourselves in a language that is not our own. And that, be it music or be it through uh, Gilligan or whatever it is, you have to find a way to express yourself. And so, I don't know if that answers the question, but yeah, there is a naughty angle. Mm-hmm. But I kind of think it could be any, in a way, it could be any place in Ireland. It could be any big metropolis in Ireland. Um, not that there are that many, but it could be any city in Ireland, and and it would be the same um, in so many ways. But the, the northern things just for the start of the film, anyway. If you watch the trailer on the Toronto Irish Festival website, uh, you'll get a sense of what I mean because it's setting up a kind of a traditional troubles narrative before you realise that it's about something different. Indeed. Well. You're listening to Irish Radio Canada's Home and Abroad and we've been chatting with Jonathan Harden and it is about his film Troubles and uh, it will be screened at the Toronto Irish Film Festival and that's toirishfilmfest.com and it is due to screen on Sunday, March 3rd at 2pm in the short Irish Shorts program series. Uh, if you want to follow Jonathan on Twitter, uh, he's at G-O-N-A-T-H-A-R-D-E-N uh, it's his Twitter handle. Unhelpfully. And uh, Jonathan, it's been great honour and great, it's been fantastic I've been able to have a chat with you and thanks a million for taking the time. Boston, thank you so much. Um, I'm hoping to be over in Toronto for the festival so I may see yourself and whoever else wants to come up and say hello. Um, but I don't know if you'll leave this in but it would be really great because I know uh, three families that listen to you and they are the Rays and uh, in Burlington, the Rays in Ottawa, and the McCormicks in Burlington and Toronto. So if I could say hello to those, my, my family in Canada, that would be amazing. There's no way we'd take that out. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Thanks very much. Thanks a million, Jonathan. Cheers. Bye. Okay, we got that. Lovely. Okay, I can hit the button again now. Uh,